Pauline, give me some of your tots. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Combo, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. This week, we're going to explore a, uh, a, a new-to-me method of cooking. Kind of wanted to uh, demystify uh, a cooking technique that is not, it's not endemic to this area. Like, I live in Appalachia, and this is, uh, you know, a, a Cajun uh, style of cooking, which is blackening, a blackened protein, okay? And what we're doing... We're doing this with uh, some fish, some seafood this week because my mother-in-law went fishing last week and caught a couple of monster steelhead and was like, hey, you know, I like catching them more than I like cooking them. So we're going to make use of those fish in this dish. Now, because I don't have like um, a, a firsthand experience with Cajun cooking in a Cajun environment, like I've never been to Louisiana and here in southwestern Pennsylvania, you can go to a restaurant and see blackened fish, blackened chicken, blackened whatever proteins. And to a layman, you might think, okay, uh, blackened fish, that's just a fish that they burn to a charred crust on the grill or in the pan or whatever. And it is, it is more nuanced than that. And it is a little bit more, a little bit more of a finesse technique than just uh, throwing something on a volcano hot grill and charring the outside, okay? It's an interplay between a couple of ingredients, uh, namely the, the spice rub is very important, but also butter. Butter is the, is the secret ingredient because we are gonna be using the milk solids in the butter to achieve a very quick, dark, blackened crust without burning the protein and honestly without burning quote-unquote burning the spices in the spice rub we're going to get that that blackening very quickly because the solid the milk solids and the butter will brown at a lower temperature than the animal fats or whatever and having a nice very fine grain spice rub on the outside of our protein will allow us to achieve the blackened crust very quickly okay so we're going to do uh blackened steelhead and i'm going to throw in a, a bonus recipe for some dirty rice and it's not a legitimate like really legitimate dirty rice recipe because real dirty rice uses chopped chicken livers incorporated into the rice and i didn't have any i thought i i thought i had a bag of chicken livers from last year's chickens over in the in the freezer but i couldn't find it so we just made it sans chicken livers but it was still very good. Basically, the, the aromas from this whole dish, incredible. And um, I, I'm not gonna have the recipe in there. You'll see that I had some Brussels sprouts. I did render some duck fat from a duck that I processed this week and roasted, not roasted, sauteed Brussels sprouts and duck fat. They were super duper good, but that was literally, you know, Brussels sprouts, duck fat, salt and pepper, easy breezy, beautiful. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about this. Uh, well, before we get into the recipe, obviously check the show notes. We will have the plain text recipe. Um, I don't think there's going to be any uh, special ingredients or special equipment for this one because it's really simple. And, you know, we'll have the link to the imager album for the step-by-step -step photographs and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so first thing I did is prepped uh, our proteins. We're using uh, steelhead fillets and just some shrimp, some 
frozen shrimp that I thawed out that are peeled, deveined, and all all ready to go. They're already ready already. I don't remember what that commercial is, but I say it all the time. It's from the late 80s, early 90s, probably. It was some kind of convenience food. The, it's already ready already. And I, I, I'm sure I could Google it, but I, I kind of like having it be a mystery. But anyway, um, let's talk about our spice mix. We're going to use it for both the fish and the shrimp. And you'll notice the ingredients in the spice mix have, have a quality in common. We'll see what that is, okay? We're going to use one tablespoon of paprika, a teaspoon of ground cumin, a teaspoon of onion powder, a teaspoon of garlic powder, a teaspoon of dried thyme, a teaspoon of dry ground mustard powder, three quarters of a teaspoon of salt, an eighth, an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, and ground black pepper just to taste, okay? Now, these spices, uh, everything except for the black pepper and the thyme is a very fine particulate dust, essentially. So this spice rub will adhere uh, very easily, like a dusted surface, almost as if you if you dredged something in flour. Instead of flour, we're dredging it in this spice mix, and that's going to give you a really nice adherence, like a nice even distribution of these things. And with those small particulates of these spices, they will char and crust up very evenly, and that is kind of the key, okay? But... It's not just the spice mix. We're also going to melt. You know, it, you need enough just barely warm melted butter to be able to dunk your proteins in that before they go into the spice mix. So I was using approximately a quarter of a pound of butter, like one stick of butter um, melted over a gentle heat on the stovetop. And then the, the proteins are dredged through that butter um, while the butter is just a little bit warm. You don't want to cook the protein at all in the butter, but you also... When you put the cold fish or the cold shrimp into the butter, you don't want it to solidify kind of like instantly because you're putting cold protein into the warm butter. So you want it to be just warm enough that you can you can get the fish in there, uh, flop it around a little bit, get it completely covered, coated with butter without it solidifying, you know, the pool of butter so you can use it for the next piece. Okay. Dredge the proteins in that warm melted butter and then toss it in the spice mix so that it is evenly coated and then you know let it sit there for a minute let it sit there you don't have to go straight from the spice mix into the into the pan you can let it sit for a minute to um, let that butter kind of form a bit of a, a crust or a shell because it'll cool down it'll solidify and it'll hold all those spices against the protein and then we are going to be cooking this in a cast iron pan that is traditional because it'll hold the heat whenever you put the cold protein into the hot pan the heat retention of cast iron is really good so it's not going to cool the pan down where the pan has to reheat up so you want that nice heavy cast iron pan and you know some recipes might skip over the step of like hey am i cooking this in a dry pan am i oiling the pan with some butter i did put you know maybe about two tablespoons of butter into this pan mainly not necessarily for for the conductivity or you know the the conducive properties of like an animal fat because oil is a nice transport medium for heat but mainly so that the spice rub from the proteins don't stick to the pan so that whenever you flip the fish or whatever, you don't leave that the spice crust, you know, stuck to the bottom of the pan. So having a little bit of a cooking fat in there was definitely um, helpful. And use use the butter because we want the, the milk solids 
from butter. So no, don't use like an avocado oil, an olive oil, or even like animal fats like lard or duck fat in this case. You want this pan to be very hot. So heat it on high, uh, put your butter in just a minute or two before you're ready to cook the protein so that it melts down, foams up, cooks off any water content that you have in the butter, and it'll just start to brown and then lay your protein into the pan. You know, I'm saying protein because whether you're using fish like uh, steelhead or trout, you're going to use, you, if you're using fish, you want a firm flesh fish, firm fleshed fish. Traditionally, you'll have things like catfish, trout, salmon, grouper, snapper, you know, things like that. Probably, you know, let's stay away from things like your cod. Cod would not be, it'll be a little too delicate for this cooking process. So we're going to lay the fish into that hot pan. And, you know, depending on the thickness, you really only, only need to have it in the pan on this high heat for, you know, between two and four minutes, that will be sufficient. And then flip it, give it two to four minutes on the other side. And as long as when you flip it the first time, if you have a sufficiently blackened crust on the side that you are now revealing by flipping it over, then go with the same time under temperature for the other side. And then you can have your oven preheated to like 300, 350, something like that. Transfer the fish into another pan, put it in the oven and let that um, cook at the more gentle temperature to bring bring it up to a, an internal temperature of doneness, you know, 140, 150 degrees, whatever, without necessarily having to have it on that really oppressive direct heat for the, for the entire cooking process. It's sort of like, it's not a reverse sear because I would start in the oven and then finish on the stovetop. But a lot of times whenever you're cooking thicker steaks, you'll sear them on the outside, get a little bit of a crust, and then into a hot oven to more gently uh, finish the cooking process. So we're doing the same thing here. Like, 10, 15 minutes in that 350 degree oven after you've achieved the blackened crust, we'll have that fish completely cooked through. And then you can move on to the other more delicate proteins. In this case, I did the, the steelhead first and then followed that up with the shrimp because the shrimp take, you know, three minutes more or less in a hot pan, a minute, minute and a half on each side, and then kill the heat and let the residual heat just, you know, bring that up to full doneness. And, you know, that is wonderful. You're looking at 15, maybe 20 minutes of total cook time, five minutes, five, five to eight minutes of searing, and then you know, 15 minutes in the oven afterwards, and then you're ready to go. Okay. Now this dirty rice, again, not a hundred percent legitimate because there isn't the chopped chicken livers in there. A lot of people will use a combination of ground beef and sausage. I just use the sausage component basically because I'm thinking, all right, I've, I've got two proteins in the entree. I really don't need this rice to be like, you know, 90% <laughs> ground beef and ground pork. Like I do want it to have a rice, a rice forward composition. Okay. So let's talk about our, our ingredients here. I'm using a pound of pork sausage. I used um, a sweet Italian sausage that had a little bit of paprika and red wine in it because, you know, gave it a nice... Uh, red color, four cups of cooked rice. So, you know, if you, if you have a rice maker, a rice cooker, and you put a cup of rice and like one and a half cups of chicken stock in there, that will cook up to, you know, between three and four cups of rice. So we're going to use all of that. Definitely cook that rice in chicken stock. It adds another level of flavor and color to it because we want the, to have that nice drab brown look at the end, you know, customary for dirty rice two extra cups of chicken broth that we'll actually use in the sauce. I guess that you would consider this a sauce component. 
one bell pepper diced. You can use a green bell pepper, red bell pepper. I used uh, an orange bell pepper, uh, a yellow onion diced, one stick of celery chopped up. Uh, it doesn't have to be super fine, but also not too, too chunky. Now here, secret ingredient, a quarter cup of flour. I used a little less than a quarter of a cup of arrowroot powder, basically a thickening component. But yeah, a, a quarter cup of flour will work fine. If you're using something like a cornstarch or arrowroot starch, you can use uh, somewhere between an eighth of a cup and a, and a quarter cup. Three bay leaves, a handful of fresh chopped parsley, um, dry, uh, a tablespoon of dried oregano, te two teaspoons of dried thyme, two teaspoons of minced garlic. Basically, I just use three cloves of garlic uh, minced up, one and a half teaspoons of salt, a teaspoon of chili powder, uh, you know, a, a generous grind of black pepper, and a quarter of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. We're going to use a large saute pan for this. You could use a 12 or 14 inch frying pan, cast iron pan, something like that, but something big, lots of surface area. And what we're going to do is we're going to heat up you know, just a little bit of olive oil in there. And we're going to add our sausage and break that up and brown it. We're not going to cook it all the way through, but just get it until like the surfaces are browned and you'll still have a little bit of pink in the sausage. And at that point, we're going to add our diced bell pepper, onion, and celery. And this is kind of like the, the Cajun equivalent to the trinity of, of onion, carrot, and celery but we're using bell pepper in lieu of carrots. And we're gonna throw those in there and kind of stir everything around. Those are gonna start getting translucent as the uh, as the sausage cooks through. When when the meat is starting to get a little bit of a uh, of a crust on it and you're you're breaking it up with a wooden spoon so that you get nice little pieces of ground beef, ground sausage, whatever. And once it starts to get those little crispy edges to it and it's mostly cooked all the way through, we're going to stir in all of your dry spices. Uh, none of the parsley. Also, with the with the chopped parsley, I also chopped up some uh, scallion greens, some green onions, and mix those together. You don't you can include those, not whatever. But we're gonna add all of the uh, dry spices in there and mix everything around so that uh, it is evenly distributed. And then we're gonna pour in the quarter cup of flour or eighth of a cup of arrowroot powder. Kind of dust the top of that so that it you don't get any lumpy bits. Mix all that in, and that is going to lie dormant <laughs> until we add the rest of the chicken stock and then cook that down. That will thicken the sauce considerably, and it'll help everything stick to the rice when we incorporate the rice there. So we're going to cook this on like a medium heat for a while while all of these components kind of marry together. And at that point, we can add our two extra cups of chicken stock. And at this point, if you're using a wooden spoon, scrape the bottom of the pan, you'll probably have some nice fond down there from, from cooking the sausage, from the addition of the bell pepper and the onion and the celery. Scrape all that up in the uh, newly hydrated sauce because of the chicken stock, and then bring that up to a simmer and let that cook down for a little bit until you see that the, so the stock starts to thicken a bit. It's not going to get, well, if, I guess if you use a flour, it'll be more opaque and gravy-like. With the arrowroot powder, it basically just thickens where you can tell that the sauce is thick, like almost like it'll gelatinize it when it cools. And at that point, we can fold in all of the rice and uh, get that mixed up so that everything is, again, evenly distributed. And then you can cover that and let it you know, simmer away at a low heat. The rice will absorb a lot of the 
surplus liquid that is in the sauce. And then right at the end, hit that with your, your fresh parsley and onion greens. If that's something you have in there, chives would be nice too. A little bit of uh, maybe tarragon, chop that up nice and fine and sprinkle that around. And that is good to go. Both of these use a lot of the same uh, spices. So you're going to have this really prolifer prolif profligate proliferation of uh, Cajun aromas in your kitchen. It smells incredible. Okay. So that is a, it is a, what would you call it? A, um, a, a sterilized uh, dirty rice. doesn't have the the, the most polarizing ingredient, which would be the chopped chicken livers. If you have a bunch of chicken liver, if you have a bunch of chicken livers, chop those up and add them with the sausage at the beginning to cook. And then whenever you stir in the rice, after you've added the stock and everything, you'll get nice little bits of quote unquote dirt in your dirty rice. But aside from that, man, this was great. Tasted fantastic. House smelled incredible. And we got to use up, you know, a decent amount of uh abundant steelhead um but you could you, like i said you could use salmon trout chicken you could do this with a steak i know it's it's been taboo the past 15 20 years to add anything to a steak other than salt pepper garlic and, and an herb bath at the end but you can you can make a really nice crust on a steak pork chops you know lamb chops whatever so enjoy this one give it a shot super easy and it is almost entirely unlike just burning your food. <laughs> it's a lot more refined than that, but it's real nice. All right. Talk to you guys later.